Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Do you want to go to rugby heaven? Let's go back to 1987 with Squidge. With Squidge. Let's go back to 87 with Squidge. And welcome to the Squidge Rugby World Cup retrospective, the only rugby podcast that was on the Bears' side in the Revenant. Um, <laughs> I am, as ever, Robbie or Squidge or whatever, whatever you want to call me. Call me whatever you want to call me. Uh, I'm joined as okay, ever by... Okay, Connor. That's your new name. Thank you. I'm joined as ever I'm... by David or Will or... Um... My name's Will Owen. I don't usually yeah. tell people they can call me whatever they want. You always okay. do. So I'm finally going to take you up on that. And your name, uh, it was Connor a minute ago. Mm. Now it is Andrew. And thanks. Thanks, uh, Will. And nothing else. And also delighted to welcome to the podcast for the first time, Mr. And now we've just been talking about pronouncing our surnames. I'm suddenly very aware of how I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to screw it up. But from La Rouge podcast and Layman Sports, we are joined by Derek Brissett. Hey, you you nailed it. You nailed nailed the pronunciation, Andrew. You nailed it. It was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You were just telling us before we came on air that you've had quite a lot of really exotic pronunciations of your name. Do you want to talk us through some of those? Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, I was saying it's like the one that kind of caught me off guard the most was a uh, bruchette, which I said was during a hockey game when I scored a goal and they had to announce the goal. And it really threw me off just sitting on the bench kind of, I'm like, I have no idea where the C came from out of my last name, but um, I think some of the ones that you guys were trying before, like Bersetti and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I get that pretty off. That's a more of kind of more of a common one, but uh yeah, there's always, I think, like, the double S's, the double T's, the far too many E's kind of always make for uh, some kind of fun pronunciation sometimes. But, yeah. you, but you nailed it this time, though. So oh, thank you. I have no complaints. I'll, 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 I'll try and keep it up. Can I just pull up? So you played hockey. I believe you play Aussie Rules as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, uh, and that is an adventure and a half. Yeah. Yeah. You're involved <laughs> in rugby. How many sports are you kind of floating around? That's a wide skill set, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of weird how it's weird that they're all kind of like interconnected, though. Mm. Um, so I actually, like, I started playing rugby in high school, which is kind mm. of, I think, the typical way most Canadians kind of get introduced to it, unless you had like, a parent or an older sibling that was playing like before you, but like, so kind of got introduced into rugby, quite frankly, not very good at rugby. So I've kind of gone more of like the fan approach to it than, uh, than know all about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Same. Fair enough. Yeah. So then I was kind of like love sports despite my sheer lack of athletic ability though. So I kind of threw like, I played hockey, but like I went to, uh, there's a school here called Brock university. It has a sports management Mm -hmm. program. So I went, to that program and while I was doing that I started working for an OHL team which is like it's an under 20 league but it's kind of like the stepping stone to get to the NHL 
right? So kind of just like a development system, right? And then from that, I ended up working at the Hockey Hall of Fame, which is downtown Toronto. And through that, I met my uh, friend, Robbie Cameron, who started Layman Sports and was just like, do you want to write for this? And I was just like, yeah, sure. This sounds like a fun thing to kind of do. And then basically I started writing about rugby on it because my thought process was like, there's so many, and at least in Canada, there's so many outlets that are focused on like hockey or like baseball, basketball, football, mm-hmm. soccer, all like the, the sports that are like the big five sports here. Right. And MLR was just kind of starting up and coincidentally the arrows were just founded like around that same time. So I was like, Oh, I'll start like writing for like the Toronto arrows. And that's how, and then that just kind of like blew up for, mm. for me a lot. And that kind of evolved like from the articles to like the podcasts and stuff. But then also one of the guys I worked with at the hockey hall of fame named Mike, and he basically, he was like, Oh, like I play on an Aussie rules football team that like just needs bodies basically. <laughs> and he was like, you also like, you like rugby. It's kind of like rugby. It's like, you should come out and try it. And I was like, all right, like, why not? Did the first training session, realized he's never seen a rugby match in his life. <laughs> what rugby would look like that's, I feel like the, the similarities between like Aussie rules football and rugby are like the ball is kind of oval shaped. There's grass <laughs> and you can hit people, um, <laughs> which that's about where it ends. But like, and it just ended up being a whole lot of fun. So now I kind of stuck with it. Yeah. So it's a, it's all kind of weirdly interconnected. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So are, are you a better Aussie rules footballer than you were a rugby player? Uh, I'm not good at either one of them really. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, um, paint us a picture of what kind of rugby player you were. What position did you play? Give us a, a very basic profile. Yeah. So I was, um, so when I started playing my high school mm. where I got introduced to it was in their first year of ever actually having a rugby team. Right. Um, okay. so very interesting kind of experience. Cause it was like 25 to 30 guys that all like never played rugby before right yeah and um for the most part like barely watched it or were even aware of it for a lot Mm. of for a lot of people so got to kind of like learn through that so because of that there's a lot of like experimenting with trying to figure out where people are going to fit position wise so kind of i was mostly a forward kind of bounced between front row and second row sort of Mm -hmm. depending on like who was available for a game or just like like, like, yeah, you would switch positions like multiple times in a game too or whatever. Oh, okay. be like, yeah, it was, yeah. So it was kind of just the way that ended up working out. So I played mostly like front row, second row. Got yeah. told by a lot of the arrows that I'm way too short to be a second row. So um, maybe I'll, <laughs> uh, I might, uh, I might uh, stick with prop if I, if I sure. do return to a rugby pitch. That's, that's, that's very harsh. The professionals to tell yeah it's like you're you, gonna... it's like what position did you play i was like i'm a, i was a, i was a lock and it's like you're too short to do that i'm like <laughs> i'm like that's why i have a podcast and i'm not playing <laughs> yeah how tall is your microphone <laughs> uh it's it's like i don't know like a foot and a half i guess it's it's on a table. Too short to be i mean podcast. yeah look yeah, we're, exactly we're talking on zoom so you could get away with this and just say you're six foot nine yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is too short to be a prop for at least for the <laughs> Toronto Arrows. I guess they got some big guys there. Yeah, yeah they've got they've got Michael Jordan playing hooker. The arrow is pointing upwards. That is how tall you yes. need to be. To it's they are they want the CN Tower itself to play. Yeah, for the I, I didn't make ideally. the team because they couldn't afford the custom jersey for how big I would be. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a very boring anecdote? 
Yes. So I went to Toronto a couple of years ago, just before I started the channel, actually. And the only sign of rugby I saw there was crossing the road outside the Canadian Hall of Fame. I saw someone in an all-black shirt. And that was the only sign of rugby I saw the entire time I was there. And so I wonder if there's some sort of connection there. I Yeah, I don't know. Like... I think how long ago was that out of curiosity? Oh, uh, twenty like end of twenty seventeen, late twenty seventeen. Yeah, so it's like it, it is kind of interesting. I think with without a doubt, I think like the Toronto Arrows have raised like the profile of rugby mm. within the city for That's sure. Good. Oh, cool. There's like if you if you kind of go like I mean you can find it on like uh, the Arrows social media and stuff if you mm. scroll through it. Like there's like a decent chunk of like bars that'll do like arrows like watch parties and stuff oh, now cool. okay um Hem- hemiways which is like downtown toronto so easy to get to for a lot of people that's like i mm. think that's like their official one they do a lot there and then there's you know there's a lot of like other clubs that do like their own individual parties and stuff and there's mm. I mean, toronto's a big city so there's a handful of teams that have clubhouses like around in and around toronto so you can kind of stumble into that but uh yeah like so it's like there's definitely that those some of those bars too still do like um there's six nation watch parties and stuff happening mm. right now that's very good so, yeah so it's like it's it's definitely kind of like the profile and stuff is rising a lot like the toronto arrows have been like i've seen like they've been buying like some ads and stuff in like some of the, like the major newspapers or like you can occasionally see like a billboard or something for it if you are around which is nice mm. and yeah so it's like the, the profile is definitely growing i think the biggest the biggest one though is that the arrows are on tsn in Canada, which um, for anybody that doesn't know, it's like in Canada, there's there's two major sports stations. There's right. TSN and Sportsnet. And, you know, depending on, I guess, which sports you do enjoy watching more, they like kind of, you might gravitate towards one a little mm-hmm. bit more than the other sometimes. But so the arrows are on TSN, which is obviously like a huge platform for them. But it's also nice because it's like most bars in the city just turn on TSN and leave it right so it's like you can kind of sometimes there's there's games that are on there but it's also like rugby's becoming i guess a lot easier to watch in canada Mm. legally too um like i mean you can always yeah you can always find you know you can find ways that you don't have access to right but it's like um tsn so obviously the rugby network for all the mlr games but then tsn's got the arrows but they also have like super rugby Mm. and then and then Sportsnet has the Premiership and mm. uh, the United Rugby Championship. Games don't always necessarily end up on TV, but they'll always be on like the streaming services that are accompanied cool, okay. to them. During COVID, Sportsnet started playing a lot of like rugby games and stuff on TV too, just because there was nothing else to show. Yeah. All the Fair North enough. American leagues were shut down. Same with TSN. TSN was like, replaying Arrows games and stuff when there was oh, wow. like, okay. like sports were like not. When like North American sports weren't happening and, uh, and especially it seemed like across the pond kind of seemed to open up a little bit earlier than us. But mm. so it's like, I definitely think like the profile of the sport is growing. It, it, it was interesting. Like if you're saying that you saw like an all blacks jersey outside like mm. the hockey hall of fame, like working there, that was kind of one of like the, one of like the random, like kind of interesting things about the hall is I guess like there would always be people from various other countries that would come and want to go to the hall of fame just for yeah, like, yeah experiencing like you know it's hockey's Canada like the sport that Canada's famous for is hockey yeah yeah yeah. go and you always end up with like yeah people would show up and be like and every now and then I'd be like oh that's a all blacks hat or spring box jersey or you know England Wales like you'd always 
see like some countries kind of like randomly kind of pun like oh that's like a rugby jersey and then just i would always just try to like randomly start talking to people about rugby and stuff too but like so you could you would always kind of see it people would like show up just to like see the museum even if they like weren't like a hockey fan or anything to like kind of mm-hmm. learn about it so did shockingly did see like quite a bit of it random like kind of fun like rugby connections to oh, hockey yeah. too like historically yeah. so like when hockey was kind of first becoming a thing like in the late eight like late 1880s early like 1890s a mm-hmm. lot of the original teams were actually like rugby clubs that were looking for something to do in the winter oh really okay. so they would like have like a hockey team too a lot of those hockey teams went started branching off and becoming like their own thing mm-hmm. and stuff but they would have that and there because of that too though like there's some rules in hockey like the early days of hockey that if you look at the old school rule books you're mm. like are clearly like you you stole that from rugby really um, wow yeah like you right because there is that little that little influence right there's like mm. you used to not be able to pass the puck forward wow it was like one of the original rules you could pass it and that like but similar to like rugby like you could obviously you have to pass forward but you can kick or you have to pass backwards excuse me but you can kick forward and it was mm. kind of like the same thing where it's like you can only pass backwards but like if you were trying to score you can shoot it to right. shoot forward um so there was that and then there was obviously um the idea of like um like the sin bin like you get a yellow card you go to the mm. bin or like you go down to 14 men for 10 minutes but like hockey has that too right if you get a penalty in hockey you go to the penalty box for two minutes and then and your team has to play a man down for that time right so mm. it's like and sin bin even is weirdly kind of like an occasional slang term or whatever penalty box is the official term but sometimes like there's you know everybody's got kind of got their own like slang and stuff for the penalty box too so depending on who you're talking to that sin bin term might even get like thrown out there but there is a whole bunch of like random that i saw al sharon at the hockey hall of fame one day so that's (laughs) okay rugby random Uh. other rugby and to like you know thing to like squeak in there for but yeah you know there's always some cool random connections when you actually go like digging through some of the old history books and then i know a lot of guys on like the canadian national team and like the arrows also used like obviously a lot of them all played hockey and stuff mm, sure too. yeah that's really interesting i never knew any yeah there's weird weird connections weird yeah yeah i i, I didn't know there's any connections let alone that yeah many. It's, it's <laughs> that's like, pretty cool it's funny because like obviously like in north america there's a lot of like you want the game of rugby to grow mm. and everybody always kind of goes to like a football comparison yeah, yeah. And stuff and it's like i've sometimes depending on who i'm talking to will start comparing rugby to like hockey mm. to be like because mm. i think there's like there's concepts that you kind of get like in hockey like if you're pinned in your own end your go-to move is to just shoot the puck down the ice and i'm like yeah so they're pinned in their own end that's why they kick the ball away yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. an easier like, analogy well, yeah yeah exactly right so it's like you can kind of see that stuff and yeah. it's like it's easy to explain like the yellow cards like i said yeah it's, sure hockey uses the same concept right so yeah that's pretty good good reference point i'm like i've been to watch hockey where you know the, obviously the, the the british league which is not the nhl is that the uh but, like the Cardiff red devils yes mm. the, yeah, yeah and like the um, so we've got the nottingham I, panthers are our yeah. sort of local oh, team. oh is that closer to you oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. that's where we well, live so i've got a friend who's a really big fan of them and i've been along to watch them with them a few times and it's yeah i mean but my brain does automatically go oh well that's a bit like rugby because that's kind of the language my brain understands everything yeah yeah exactly. so i kind of have done the opposite but it's fascinating that there's a reason for that mm. and it's yeah, not no, just my brain making weird. links yeah that yeah, aren't there. 
it's weird a weird part of like the old school like history of hockey i guess that there there was a small rugby influence and yeah stuff. rugby just, good rugby just didn't lead to like football here it was there's no. small yeah yeah more influence than you'd think yeah yeah a little bit more yeah yeah so going back a bit you know a bit close to the present day the <laughs> the game for today is well, canada's second world cup match ever uh 1987's game against ireland uh this game finishes 46 19 to ireland but that is not a reflection of the game whatsoever. No. Like, I wasn't aware what the score was of this game. Mm. I I think I had an inkling that Ireland won the game. Yeah, I think I knew that this was Ireland's first World Cup win. So I, I kind of went through the game thinking, oh, Ireland are going to pip this in the last couple of minutes, aren't they? Because to give a very generic overview, Canada are still in it with about nine or ten minutes to go. It's at 19 all at that stage, isn't it? Uh, with about so ten with minutes left. 15 minutes ago, Canada in 19-16 up, and ten minutes ago it's yeah. 19 all. <laughs> That's when I turned it off, too. <laughs> so did every other Canadian, apparently, including the ones on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So a really bizarre game. Obviously, we'd seen. So we, having gone through all the other games in this 1987 World Cup, God bless us, had seen both of these, these teams play before. Hmm. Canada had got a really great win over Tonga. Ireland had had a dismal day out against Wales, where they played horribly. But Ireland still entered this as favourites. But as the teams were kind of came up on the screen, not knowing much about these players, I kind of looked at it and thought, oh, I kind of fancy that Canada team. Yeah. 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 I know it's uh, I kind of I love kind of like looking back at some of some of these old games sometimes, especially since mm. like, like I said, like I got introduced in rugby in high school. So like seeing like some of like the Canadian players on, on the squad, like Gareth Reese and like Mark Wyatt. Mm. And it's cool to be able to like watch like some of these guys that are just like absolute legends in Canada. Mm, that, yeah. Like, but all, you know, c- completely played their careers before I was ever like focused on rugby and stuff. Sure. It's right? um, an interesting point actually. So, cause obviously like we're Welsh fans. So the yeah. seven players, they will like, they go down in folklore. So we know them Yeah. in Canada. How well did like, do these play the news of these players, how well does that travel through time? Like, I would say like certain guys, obviously a lot more than others. Um, guys like obviously like Reese. I mean, I, I did mention like Al Sharon come, but uh, mm. obviously not on this team and stuff. There is obviously like in BC where the vast majority of the players on this team are from mm. and was kind of like BC is kind of like the original like rugby, like hotbed of Canada. Yeah. They, have a nice, they have a nice weather advantage over the rest of the country. <laughs> but uh, like a lot of a lot of the guys being from BC and stuff. So it's like the BC like sports hall of fame has like a whole huge like rugby section in it if you ever like go out and like kind of visit it or whatever. So that's actually kind of cool. As far as like, like Gareth Reese, I think is still like kind of a very, I guess a prominent figure, Um, especially yeah. like yeah. talking about like getting rugby on like TV and stuff. Reese does like a lot of commentary too, mm. whether it's for like, you know, the, the sevens tournaments or um like uh Canadian, I think he did, he did the the couple, like the Canadian national team, like world cup qualifiers mm. that happened like this past. And he does a lot of those games. Um, yeah. He's done a couple MLR games this year too. And uh he's obviously like works for rugby Canada as like, uh, like an ambassador type. So it's like, mm. as far as like rugby fandom and stuff, like, you know, like Reese is kind of like the first, like, I guess, 
like getting introduced to the game, you probably learn like the guys that are on the current team first. Yeah. But like Reese sure. is going to be like the first like legend that you like hear about. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because because that is him. And then the 91 team, I think, uh, is definitely looked at a lot more fondly getting to the quarterfinal, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, which obviously has a lot of crossover with this team too. But but yeah, like obviously, I think a lot of these guys are like super big in like within the rugby community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But like overall name recognition, like maybe Garrett, like Gareth, Phil McKenzie does a lot of like CBC stuff. Okay. And, uh, so he might he might be like kind of creeping up there as sort of just like general like recognizability interesting like that because he does a lot of like he helps cbc a lot with like the obviously rugby sevens on there and then like yeah and he's got like a like like a whole like fitness company too that okay right. pretty well so it's uh like i think some of the players are like kind of starting to get uh, more recognizable um glenn ennis might be more recognizable for a lot of other things too yes um, but, i'm glad yeah. that you picked up on this i'm glad that you know this so we don't have to do an introduction because boy yeah. did we cause we discovered that on this podcast who glenn ennis <laughs> is and that yeah. was that was a revelation the so yeah we it's were cheering for the bear all along yeah it's 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 not even that he is like a stunt guy it's that like he's a stunt guy and like amazing things too like, yeah yeah yeah, like I think he did. He did like uh because I know like it's actually one of here like a random like a random like rugby movie trivia thing. Mm. I don't even what kind of random category is this? So <laughs> I, I don't even know. You guys can we can categorize it after, but um uh, like so Glenn Ennis is the a stunt man on mm. the Deadpool movie mm. in which he plays like a bunch like he plays like some goons that Deadpool like cuts up with swords or whatever but he is also colossus's face so it's like yeah he did like the mocap for like colossus's face um i know where you're gonna go with this continue continue i know exactly (laughs) so he does the mocap for colossus's face which is cool because if you go back to the like the older x-men movies like um starting with like x2 x-men united that Colossus is played by Daniel Cudmore, yeah. who is Jamie Cudmore's brother. Yeah. Oh my god, every, I forgot about that. Yeah, so every on-screen Colossus is a Canadian rugby player. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That, I mean, that yeah. is. That oh. is. I yeah. completely forgot about Daniel Cudmore, like, conceptually. Yeah, uh, yeah like, he he never played for, like, representing Canada or anything, mm, but um, sure. obviously, but, like, he played with with Jamie, like, like through like their club level career and stuff. Like mm. he was a pretty, I guess he was like a pretty, a relatively prominent, like club level rugby player. He just, you never, yeah. yes, made the representative jump, but like, but yeah. So every, every Colossus is a Canadian rugby player in a weird, in a weird wait. way. Yeah. For now, Disney have got the rights back. The X-Men, they're going to reboot <laughs> with Ed Fairhurst as Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That's what. Yeah, that's what the. Uh, that, that's going to be like the, uh, the MCU, the multiverse. When the new Doctor Strange movie comes out, they're going to go through like one of the multiverse dimensions. It's going to be like Canadian rugby team practicing or something. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be 15 colossus, and it's just like Phil Mack, <laughs> yeah, Sean White, like, yeah. yeah, Matt Colossus with like dyed purple hair. It'll be DTH. And then... Oh yes, that's now a great we're talking. Show. It's yeah. a great show, especially now when he's now he's in his Giltini's days. You know, it yeah, wouldn't surprise think, yeah. me. That was the sort of he's shit doing he tried a to pull thing. Off. 
Yeah, and it, he's doing a thing where he's dyeing his hair a different color every month to raise yeah. money, like during the season to like raise money for some sort of charity that I'm blanking on what it actually is. Um, mm. But I'm sure you can find it if you like search up DTH on like any of his social media stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. As I say, every time I've seen DTH play in MLR, he's had a different color different, hair. Yeah, yeah, different hair. Yeah, he's uh, he looks like he's loving uh, some <laughs> life in California. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's having a great time. And he's, and he's recruiting more Canadians. There's so many. There's a lot of Canadians on LR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Ben Lasage just, just got over there, hasn't he? Yeah, he got traded. Yeah, he got traded from the Arrows. They traded him for James O'Neill and a second round pick as well, as some cash. And mm. O'Neill's sweet too because he's uh, one of the. One of uh, the prospects a lot of Canadian rugby mm. fans are excited to have. Oh, so really? he, yeah, so he's a uh, yeah he plays for a uh, UBC and mm. uh, yeah he's he's an unreal flanker. He's just uh, he looks to be so now you kind of get him on the same team with Lucas Rumball. So hopefully it's just kind of like yeah. a yeah Jedi Padawan thing going on there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye on him. Uh, yeah. um, to quickly pick up on the Irish team, while yes. I mean it's largely the same team that played against Wales, but they do bring back in Tony Ward. Uh, fly half yes after some layoff i think he's been out of the team for a couple of years he has an um, interesting game and we will get he, to him yeah he comes back in uh had been on a british and irish lions tour a few years before this uh played one test was you know played for the barbars how many other times mm-hmm. and yeah then had fallen out of out of favor yes uh part of his disappearance from the irish team though was that he went and signed to play for shamrock rovers in football what? soccer yep uh, so he spent one season at Shamrock Rovers playing, you know, the like, other as kind a of pro a, footballer, as a professional footballer. Spent one season. Wow. Uh, he'd previously played like a bit of both, played rugby and football alongside each other at semi pro level, and then went and swapped codes for a bit for one season. Then went back to rugby, and then three wow. years later came back and played for Ireland again. And is back in the team in the World Cup. It's interesting you say that because. I also heard the commentator say during the game that Brendan Mullen, who's playing outside centre for Ireland, was the current 110 metre hurdle champion in wow. Ireland. <laughs> uh, and they just put him in outside centre thinking he could do a job. Well, Tom Woods, who was on the wing for Canada, was, I think, British Columbia sprint champion at the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so it, both him and Palmer on the wings could shift as well. Yeah, there are a lot of kind of multi-sport pedigree going on in this team. Yeah, yeah, in both teams. So we talked about Spence McTavis on the of previous course. calendar episode. Yes, There's Spike, as they call him. Yeah, a lot kind of filtering through both teams here. Yeah, yeah. Another interesting thing before we, because we probably should, <laughs> we're taking our time to get on to kickoff here. <laughs> but uh, an interesting point that they made about Ro Heinsohn, who came into the Canadian team, uh, mm, didn't yes. play the previous game because <laughs> he couldn't make it out to New Zealand in time. Because he was busy planting 15,000 apple trees. And they needed to be sprayed. And they needed to and be so sprayed. And so the guarantee that they would grow in time, properly, on time, he couldn't, he couldn't make it out on time. He couldn't play against Tonga. Season. Yeah, no, uh, the apple tree has got to get planted. They got to get, uh, you know, it's work that needs to be done. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Ro- Ro- Heinsohn was also like a big, like, multi-sport guy, too. Was he? he? Yeah, he uh, like he, he played like a couple things. He apparently he got like a rugby scholarship to like the University of Philadelphia or University oh, oh. of Philadelphia, but hated downtown Philadelphia, so he came home <laughs> and played rugby. 
So, Fair enough. Yeah, apparently, if, if if Philadelphia was a nicer city, then Roe Heinsohn might not be playing in this game, anyways. Regardless <laughs> of the situation with the apple trees. Yeah, so. yeah. Even nothing needed planted. There's a Paolo world where instead of a statue of Rocky, it's him in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So before we get to the kickoff, mm. there's quite this game is quite busy on the on on the YouTube. Uh, if you if you watch this game. Quite a lot happens before a ball is even kicked. I find it's quite a busy opening couple of minutes on this on this video. Yeah. Because we have Grant Nisbet along with Earl Curtin, uh, our friend on the podcast, uh, are the two commentators. And Earl's first thing he notices, he says that, you know, there's a few people here in the crowd. The crowd's not massive. It's mainly mm. Canadian and Irish fans. I'm sure this place will... He, and I quote this following bit. I'm sure this place will fill up. They played club rugby here at 11am. Uh, once those fellas are out of their showers, I'm sure we'll get another five or 6,000. Now, f- at first, when he said that, I thought he meant at that ground, five or 6,000 people played rugby at 11am. <laughs> and we're all now showering together. Yes. You've got five or 6,000 people currently in the shower. <laughs> More than they're in the stands. Uh, estimated five and a half thousand uh, people. So that's what uh, two and three quarter thousand on each team. And l- look, that's, that's it. It's a big game of rugby to to stick on that it's, one small pitch. It's a bit like I mean, Layla, the game they used to play in Georgia, that then kind of like they modified into a new game, and then that just became taken over by rugby because it was a sort of very similar sport. Sure, uh, that was a sport played by teams about two or three hundred. Uh, yes, that would be roughly organised beforehand as how many do you have? We've got about 300 today. Okay, cool. We'll leave a few at home. Yeah, um, sure. The thing is, I, I did think about you've this. You've got to step up a bit there. Yeah, I thought about this. So like with the standard of rugby back then, I mm. imagine that with with five or 6,000 people on the pitch, there would probably be about as many tackles made as there <laughs> are in the modern game today. There'd be about as much space as well. Uh, yeah, I was going to say between between three thousand of them, they could probably just about get them onto ground. <laughs> um, you would you would hope so too. At least they're showering before coming to the game, though. That's true. Like, as opposed to just you know leaving the pitch and then coming and then yeah, that's yeah. Nobody wants but, to be sitting next to you for eighty minutes after uh, after playing a full game, right? That's it. Like Ro Heinz has already had to spray fifteen thousand apple apple trees. He doesn't want to spray down <laughs> you know five or six thousand men. <laughs> No, yeah, exactly. Like that's uh, well, maybe maybe he brought the gear. Maybe it would be efficient. He can line up all five thousand people <laughs> at the arena or at this that stadium, excuse me. And then he, yeah, maybe it's the the efficiency. That's why he. Right, that's yeah. why he was late. He had to get the special plane to come over with all the uh, the apple orchard gear. The equipment just spraying New Zealand as he goes. <laughs> They'll love him down there. They'll absolutely love him. It ought to be a statue in Auckland. This is all Philadelphia. <laughs> There's also a sign in the crowd that someone has got a big banner made up that says, make them bleed, make them beg, win the game for Winnipeg. Nobody, <laughs> nobody on the team's from Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. even better. Yeah. I like the thought that like they've got 10 minutes to go, right? And they're in it. They're 1916 up. And then Hans the Goody has been he's been doing his team talk as, as Kermit the Frog. And he's been saying, hey, guys, we got it. We got to do this. We're playing really well so far. Do it for Winnipeg, as that sign says over there. And they'll go, we're not from Winnipeg. And then they shit the bed and lose by 30 points. Maybe that's what went wrong. If they had some maybe, place yeah, in Winnipeg, they'd have some pride in the jersey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
in fairness, can, Canadians aren't necessarily very good at sport chants. Um, mm. I don't, I don't know what uh, what we could have used to rhyme with like Vancouver or or Toronto, which is where I think where most of the players are from. <laughs> very fair. Little yeah, like I said, it's like BC used to kind of like dominate like rugby Canada. So it's like I think like you look through like the first like three or four like World Cup teams, and like most of mm. them are all from BC. Doesn't look like that anymore. Roster doesn't really look a lot more even, but yeah. Nothing rhymes with British Columbia as well. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> give it a go. I was, was going to say, if like if a lot of these Canadian place names had good rhymes for them, Drake would have used them all by now. Oh yeah, that's that's true. That's a rugby chance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> little known yeah. fact is where he got his start was coming up with chance for he yeah, did the look, rug, let's yeah. go Canucks, let's go. Yeah, yeah that that was, he that wrote was the uh, he wrote the Degrassi Junior High rugby team's theme song. So. <laughs> where it all began for it yeah yeah so another thing before before kickoff is Mm. there's an interesting rugby values moment where because of political go on well i mean yeah as you say so uh i think this is the only time in the rugby world cup ever where neither team's anthem is sung Mm. yes so because of as you say, because of political tension. So two weeks earlier, there was a shootout between the IRA and SAS in, obviously it was the height of the Troubles in Ireland. Yes. Um, sort of late 80s, early 90s, like really yeah, serious yeah, stuff. Uh, there was a shootout about two weeks earlier uh, in which 10 people, including one innocent bystander, was killed. And you had players on this team from both sides, from all ends, you know, and obviously I'm not yeah. the best qualified person to talk about the political situation in Ireland at the time. Of course. But it was incredibly tense. And Earl on commentary notes a few times that, this Irish team look very tense. And when you look at the news at the time, it's no wonder. You know, if you look at the what was going on in Ireland at the time, it it kind of puts all of this in a bit of perspective. Of course. And so they opt not to sing the anthem because obviously there are different opinions on whether they should, whether yeah. players from the team stand for the anthem and so on. And so Canada, being lovely, decide, well, we won't sing our anthem as well. That's only fair. Yes. And instead they blast out god defend new zealand uh, as a substitute so there is just an anthem but yes anyway uh, it's 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 a fun moment when they play god defend new zealand and everyone looks really confused on the pitch ireland's also just like randomly standing in a circle or some sort <laughs> yeah. like they're not like canada kind of lines up like any team normally would but like ireland just kind of is randomly huddled on the other side of the pitch it's, 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 I'm just a big fan of them. They used to do this apparently occasionally in 87, some people have learned doing this. Big fan of it. Don't bring it back. So, <laughs> yeah, so after Ireland singing a, a rousing, the fans singing a rousing version of the anthem, we kick off and almost instantly Gareth Reese has dropped a goal. Yeah, like within about 30 seconds of kickoff. Which, which gives him the confidence to try it 68 more times during the game. <laughs> It is like, I think I mentioned this in the podcast before, uh, rugby, uni- rugby Union Manager Free has a thing, a button you can click, and it means your team, anytime they're in the opposite half, will try a drop goal. And it's like <laughs> Canada left that on. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Robbie, we've gone back over the 2011 World mm. Cup. There were points, and 
Stop me if you know what I'm about to refer to. But there were a lot of points where this started to remind me of the Fiji against Namibia game from 2011. Yes. Where it was every single time Canada get an opportunity. It's like, well, we're just going to take three points. Like, I don't care what we could potentially do in the opposition half. We're going to take three points. And then Ireland would just score a really easy try down the other end. They're only worth four points at this point. So it's a much more valid tactic. Well, like, as we, like, I think, like, watching. I, I'm pretty confident that Gareth Reese attempts more drop kicks than passes that he has <laughs> in this game. I'm like, I, I think I'm pretty sure. I think um, that's genuinely correct. Like, no, yeah, joke. yeah. It's I think I think it is. Maybe it's because he's got like a broken hand or broken fingers or whatever. <laughs> it was just easy, an easier motion. But in the um, first half, he did two passes. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think I attempted to count. Mm. I think uh, thinking about it now because I watched the game a couple of hours ago. I think yeah. he did maybe two or three in the second half. No, there's um, a period of about five minutes where he starts passing, and yeah. it's kind of, it lasts five minutes. Just, and then that's yeah, it. it's all in the last five. I got him. At, yeah, I have him at he attempts six drop goal <laughs> attempts and makes eight passes, and one of those passes is intercepted. Right. <laughs> so, that, that's my count. I could be wrong. There's, I don't know how yeah. much of the official stats. I think right, that's. I like think roughly that will take that as correct, you know. But he also attempts just like fourteen other just kicks in play, yeah. so he he kicks the ball more than he passes at the very least. Mm. Yes, ball, but he tries one one drop goal from like five meters beyond half at one yeah. too, like just like. He's playing like Kobe plays basketball. He's just like, if I touch <laughs> the ball, I'm shooting. Like, yeah. and yeah, and you know, so it's I, as crazy as it is. I know, like you kind of alluded to it earlier. Like, it's working. Yeah, like the whole time. Like it, it's like because yeah, like you said, it's 1919 with 10 minutes left. Mm. I, the last 10 minutes is because like I kind of it was weird watching this because I I did look at the score before mm. and I was just like. I kind of, I guess, expecting the like a blowout, and then watching. I'm like, mm. like, how do they score so many points in ten minutes? Like, what is about yeah. to happen? Like <laughs> watching this game, but yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It worked. It worked for them. Like they were able to yeah. hang in the game for a long time because of that strategy. I was the most like the second half when Canada was still in it around the 50 minute mark, and even though I knew the score, I kind of. It's probably the most invested in one of these games I've got from Asia Sure, 7. yeah, because <laughs> I, like, I, I was really rooting for Canada. Yeah, I shouted, oh, go on, at one point when they made, yeah. you know, they make a break. Roy Radu, the flanker, makes a little break mm. down the touchline. And I properly got animated and started cheering for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought, maybe it'll be different this time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll be different. That's that's still how I watch Canada games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm really sorry about the current <laughs> everything. No, no, it's all good. All good. All good. Just... From on behalf of Wales, I'm sorry for Kingsley Jones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We re- we really didn't want it to happen. Uh, uh, well, uh, it's uh, yeah. There's better years to start a Canadian rugby podcast for sure. I think in uh, history. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You're on here now. You know. Yeah, looking exactly. back at old rugby games where Canada played well, uh, which is a bit of a novelty in 2022. But hey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no. This was this was enjoyable. This was uh, it's a, a nice to watch. Watch an era where Canada can hang with Ireland. Yes, <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah. percent for seventy minutes. I was gonna say also. So, um, like I said, I turned it off before that. <laughs> also, so yeah, the first minute Reese hits crossbar on a drop goal attempt, then then scores a penalty. 
straight afterwards, I want to discuss Kiernan's drop goal. Because... <laughs> yeah. Because it's literally... So, first phase, Tony Ward playing fly off for Ireland takes it in. Second phase, they go, oh, okay, let's go to the backs again, see what happens. And Kiernan probably has like a, well, my tent's at the bo- bottom of a ruck, so he can't bollock me for this. He can't tell me not to drop kick this because he's not looking. And he goes for it and he nails it. It's, yeah, the world's first teachers out of the classroom drop goal. Yeah, exactly. Like in an assembly when the head teacher turns his back and you stand up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's that kind of vibe, but you're scoring points in a World Cup. And also, why would you, if you're Ireland and you're coming to this game as heavy favourite and like our friend Earl before the game says, this is what's going to happen. Ireland are going to win by a huge scoreline. They will be completely dominant, etc. If that's the expectation on them and, and uh, it really hurts that he was right in the end. Um, <laughs> but if that's the expectation, why are you taking, if it's a penalty, sure, take the shot, whatever. Yeah, yeah. When it's why would you take a drop goal there? Because like it had to be a good kick for yeah, the, yeah. the kick to go over, and it was and it, a good kick. It's a bizarre attempt. Yeah, there's but fun a, vibes. Yeah, then a great tackle on him shortly afterwards as well. Um, mm. He gets smashed by someone, and I didn't know down who it oh, was. <laughs> Fair it's, enough. Uh, it's Palmer. Ah, right. It's Paul, yeah, it's Palmer. Like he just comes flying up off the wing, and yeah, it's a, it's a really nice hit. He has a great game as well, Pat Palmer. Oh, I know the one you mean now, where he stops the try as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, there's, there's... Ireland have that uh, early break, don't they, where they look like they're about to score. And you think like, oh, okay, this is the way the game's going to go. But I kind of do a really good job to just shut it down from there and go, mm. no, 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 no. The narrative this, of this game will remain just Gareth Reece booting the leather off it, <laughs> sending you into your half. And like, I, in that first half, I think Gareth Reece only really shanked one kick into touch because Ireland kept yeah. kicking to him on the kickoffs and he was just giving really good replies. And like to be fair, Wyatt as well was kicking really well, which surprised me after the last game because uh, he shanked a few in that. But There's like Wyatt had a good game as well. But, great yeah. moment where Gareth Reece catches the ball after Ireland kick it and Glenn Ennis is nearby. And he just stands completely still because he knows he's kicking it back. He doesn't bother to get behind it for a pass or anything. Just just knows what's going to happen next. Sure, sure. You got to know what your teammates are going to do to be in the, uh, the best position and stuff, right? That's exactly. Tough. It's that yeah. kind of anticipation that got him ahead in Hollywood, really. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he then nails another drop goal, Gareth Reese, shortly afterwards. Uh, takes one straight off a of scrum as well, which has yeah, since been outlawed, presumably phase. because World Rugby just watched Gareth Freese and went, hold on, <laughs> this is bullshit. There is a point, like, I think it's the next scrum Canada get after, because by this point he'd nailed two drop goals. Hmm. Canada were packing down a scrum in the middle of the field under the Irish 22, and I literally just wrote in my notes, I wonder what Reese is going to do from this. And lo and behold, he misses a drop goal. There's one in the second half where Canada have a scrum straight between the pokes and he doesn't go for it. Yeah, and, and it's, it's really confusing. Yeah, but he's but still the, very deep anyway. The thing was, yeah, he uh, Canada tried to play like two consecutive phases attacking and then suddenly when they drop the ball, you go, oh, I realise why they were doing what they were doing <laughs> for the first 60 minutes and just kicking it every single time because I it was think- Spike dropped the ball. I think too, like after Reese attempts the like beyond half drop goal, Earl mm-hmm. makes a comment about how it's like, oh, I guess the Canadian backline just doesn't rate themselves very highly to like <laughs> keep playing. 
or whatever, which I was like, that one, that kind of stings, but like <laughs> they, they are trying drop goals basically. Like it got to the point in this game where, when especially like you said, when Reese starts passing at mm. the end of the game, I'm like, oh, like this is this is completely different now. Yeah. <laughs> and so, suddenly there is a period, and this is kind of deep into the second half, where Calida look on top and they suddenly mm. start playing attacking rugby and yeah, hold yeah. the ball. It works. And you're not convinced they're going to score. And eventually they do through Cardinal, the, the hooker, which is a bit of a fluke try, but like, they have worked that position so well. Yeah, they were unlucky not to score because of the one where um, Spillane, the island number eight, makes an intercept like on it, you know, inside zone 22 mm. uh, to prevent a try. And like you're thinking like, eventually one of these has to stick. And you're right. Yeah. The, the try they do score is very jammy, but y- you take them. Yeah. I mean... We- should we go back to the first half while we're doing... Oh, sorry, I've just read one of my notes that's not written very clearly. What I've written, and I've just thrown myself off completely here, is yeah. Wyatt kicks dead, right? But what I read it as is Wyatt kills dad. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be a very different match if that happened in the middle. Just just a murder, just the fullback murder. Do you want me to just father. research whether or not he did just to be on the safe side? Just a fact just check. Canadian fullback, just, just in side. Mark Maybe that's how far out into touch the, uh, the ball went. Took <laughs> <Just laughs> out somebody in the crowd, and then they were still. Um, they were. It was still slippery from the shower that they just had. <laughs> it hit them. They slipped on the stairs, and then that was the end of it. When you Google "Did Mark Wyatt kill his dad?" the first thing that comes up is Ozark. What happened to Wyatt Langmore's dad, Russ? So that that's I think. There's no conclusive evidence at the top of Google that Mark Wyatt killed his dad. So okay. just wanted to fact check that, that that didn't happen, especially during the game, do you want, uh, because it would be quite significant if he did. Do you want some hot Mark Wyatt facts? Yes, I do. Obviously, we mentioned the previous episode, there was a Welsh fullback called Mark Wyatt who didn't make this World Cup, was playing at the same time, played the Six yep. Nations for them. Still bizarre. This Mark Wyatt was born in Bermuda. Okay. Um, but, you know, spent most of his life in Canada. He broke the world record for most penalties in a game, scoring eight against Scotland when Canada beat them. <laughs> Reese was clearly pissed off about that, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. It held for 10 years, that as a record. Uh, uh, I believe Lee Halfpenny holds the record now. I think it's 10, maybe 11. Yes, he did against um, Scotland. Yeah. Mm. Oh, poor Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just getting death. lit up with penalties here. Death by a thousand cuts over and over again. He was also named as one of the top 100 Victoria athletes of the 20th century. Was he now? I mean, now, I'd love I to know who the other 99 are. Yeah. I I don't know, Derek. How big a claim is that? How big is being one of the top 100 Victoria athletes of the 20th century? Specifically the city of Victoria? Yep. Well, um, might be huge in Victoria. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, who else is on that? This who else is on that list? Is there, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other. There's probably a lot of rugby players. A lot of rugby players that are actually from Vic. So, uh, Victoria is like that's close to like the uh, where Rugby Canada's headquarters and stuff is. They have some. Right. Um, so there's a lot of rugby players that are from and live around Victoria. But yeah, so, I want to. I, I I haven't seen that. I wonder who else is on that list. I know there's a couple like NHL players that are from Victoria, so I'm imagining they're on that. Hmm. There's what? no link to the list. Does it say like, how high like, up on the list he is? Just says he's one of the, the 100. So I, I reckon assume... he's at best 98. He's in the 90s, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm assuming he's one. I'm going to assume he's one. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. one. Yeah, he's yeah. One. yeah. Clearly... Canonically, for this podcast, he is one. He's one. So, in our hearts, he is the best athlete to ever come out of Victoria. 
So uh, two other quick facts. Having looked it up, apparently the most famous person to ever come out of Victoria is Nelly Furtado. Okay. Um, <laughs> closely followed do you reckon, by Mark Wyatt. Do you reckon uh, Nelly Furtado knows who Mark Wyatt is? I reckon so, because she's very familiar with that list, the 100 greatest sports Yeah, she, she definitely is. And she raps about it all the time. Also, um, like, the, the list isn't just... Oh, is the list athletes or just people from Victoria? No, it was, it was athletes was oh, the right. list. But then I've looked up just but famous people. Who knows? Who, Nelly Furtado oh, might yeah. be a great athlete. Uh, it's also twinned with Napier, where Canada did not play this game, but is in the same country. Um, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a hot fact. <laughs> And when you look through famous people born in that city, they are mostly rugby players. <laughs> <laughs> That's less surprising. Nelly Furtado, uh, let's just command F, rugby on a Wikipedia page, nothing found. That's not oh, that um, That'd be outstanding if we did, though. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been good. But hey, you've, you've managed to put that one out very quickly. <laughs> I can tell you she plays the trombone and ukulele as well as guitar and keyboard. Is she? That's 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 quite good. That's a good array of instruments. Yep. Performing the Portuguese marching band. She's just a very talented lady. So we also have a try in the first half through Keith Crossan, the Irish yep. winger, which is bullshit. Sure. <laughs> Talk us through this, Robbie. Well, I mean, so Ireland miraculously went a line out, which was quite rare <laughs> yeah. uh, during this game, because I'll tell you what. For all of the time he spent spraying apple trees, Ro Henderson also sprays the ball back pretty well. Him and Hans de Goody completely have the line out locked up. Yeah. And because there was such a lottery in this era, just having two really tall men who were very good at like palming the ball back, like like basketball restart style, was such a useful skill and just gave Canada all this possession for Gareth Reese to kick away. Um, <laughs> so Ireland win a line out kind of out of nowhere. And I guess just kind of chug it along until it eventually ends up in Crossan's hands, who looks up, goes, oh, no, I'm well marked. I'll just run at that corner. And somehow (laughs) no one tackles him. Yeah, it is complete bullshit that he scores that. Like, they'd already scored that uh, Michael Bradley try where he just snuck over from, like, three metres. And it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But Crossan's, it's just kind of like, well you're getting smashed into touch here because you have both a winger and a fullback to beat within about two meters. Mm. And like, it's not even like they can't be bothered to tackle him yet. Of course, (laughs) there's there's plenty of room for that later on, but yeah. Yeah. I think bullshit is the best word for that try. Like I want to call it a great finish. And in many ways it is. Sure. It just kind of feels like it shouldn't have happened. Mm. Yeah. It's a, Like, I mean, clearly he just kind of like burns, like you said, the fullback. But it's if you re- rewatch the try and just watch Mark Wyatt, because it is the loudest, it's the loudest F bomb that you will never hear, just pure body language. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, it's like full animated. Like, he is very upset that he let Crossan get by him on that play. Huge F for Furtado. Yeah. And yeah, so as you mentioned, the Michael Bradley try as well, where, as you say, just sort of Ireland are, it's off a scrum, isn't it? Is it? Uh, line, out. Line, out. Line, line out, line out. Ireland tap it back, and he just kind of goes, "All right," and falls over the line. Yeah, yeah. It's a very yeah. low effort try. Exactly. Um, tell you what, Michael Bradley, not very good. Um, no, I'm not point, a fan of him. He throws the worst dive pass I've ever seen in my life, straight <laughs> over someone's head. It's hilarious. It is funny because, like, he's clearly got such a level of precision on that pass in his head, and the level of precision 
it is about three meters taller than Tony Ward. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would make the Toronto Arrows team, uh, whoever he was <laughs> trying to pass to there. Watching that pass there, suddenly what he must have been teaching his teams when he was in charge of Zebra and Connacht made sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I've learned a lot about Michael Bradley across these two games we've watched with him. But simultaneously, I feel like I've learned nothing at all. I feel like I knew it all along. You know what? Like I could have guessed was, this is the player he was. He was also the Georgian backs coach during the sort of 2011-2015 World Cups when you wouldn't know that Georgia had backs. Yeah, <laughs> let so, alone a coach. You know what? I, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about Michael sure. Bradley as we go. Yeah, yeah. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think that the there's, there's not much actually left in the first half because Canada mm. just weather the storm really, really well and keep keep on them their, their half. There's one point, the, Reese's second pass of the game, mm. he gets it to Mark Wyatt, who has a two-on-one, and he kicks it. And it's one of those where it's like, if he gets this in the corner, then that's fine. Yeah. But he doesn't, and he, it goes dead. So therefore, not fine. That that bumps him down like five or six in the uh, the Victoria top hundred athletes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a terrible option to kick. No, and especially because defenses were so weird and floaty. Then I don't think this was necessarily a try. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, it's a it's an odd decision. Well, no, it's a decision that doesn't come off because he kicks it dead. Exactly. It's it's not backed up by a good kick. Yeah, I just like how like one of the first times Reese passes it, the next guy just kicks it anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, you know, we know our role. We know what we're here to do. It's like Reese has passed it and then gone, oh shit, I forgot. Kick it! Kick it! <laughs> Mark Wyatt showing the kind of form, stealing the thunder from Gareth Reese or one day see him break the world record for most penalties kicked in one match. <laughs> and speaking of fly halves, right? Tony Ward almost scores a try, but I mean, very much doesn't. Um, <laughs> for a player who, you know, had like a what, like a 15-year career and played for the British and Irish Lions and the Barbarians and so on, right? He never scored a try for Ireland or the Lions or the Barbars or any of that. I assume he must have scored one for Munster during his time. You but hope. never scored a try for Ireland, despite how much he played. And boy, do you see why when you see his attempt to finish. <laughs> I guess because they said, like, he like retires soon after this. So I guess, yeah. does he score in the next game? I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe do you guys like not watch ahead? I guess I don't know. I didn't look, but like yeah, this crazy. It's crazy. Like when I was watching this, I was like, oh, that's crazy that he hasn't scored a try ever. Yeah, and I was like, that seems wild to me. But 
But yeah, it was a, it was a weak attempt at the uh, the finish there. He looked kind of really excited for a very brief moment before he realized it was <laughs> yes. going to be back. So he looked elated, and I was like, I kind of felt bad that it got taken away from him. Yeah, yeah, but not really because. But. He is kind of best known for uh, he was the fly half when Munster famously beat the All Blacks and yeah, he scored two drop goals in that game, which is the thing he's most famous for. And I do wonder in him scoring two drop goals in that game and the way he played in the second half of this game in particular, whether he was Ireland's Gareth Reese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is a lot of that to him. Yes, but Gareth Reese seems better at it than him. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Until the last 10 minutes, out of nowhere. But we'll, we'll when get he started passing instead of drop kicking everything. Yeah. As we approach half time, I had written down in my notes, boy, I already can't wait for half time, having heard Hans de Goody's team talk in the previous game and mm. just how exhilarating that was and how, how many laughs that gave us. And then, really frustratingly, after half time is blown, it just goes straight to the coverage of the second half. We don't get yeah. to hear the Canadian to- team talk this time, which which really upset me. But uh, I guess we've had one um, fake Hans de Goody team talk. So, Do you think they got really concerned and paranoid about how they gave away all their tactics? Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> which, to be fair, in that previous game were try and hurt the opposition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. And you're right, they've probably exposed themselves a little bit. Speaking of tactics, we have an, a, a semi-regular feature on here where we try and crack the team's yes. line-out calls. Yes, Did you cl- crack the Canadians? very obvious. Yeah, go on, talk us through it. Well, they just call, at one point they call 21, they throw it to two. So, yes. well... There is slightly more to it than that. Okay. So you've just, that's the USA's uh, lineup course from earlier where they just, they yeah. just throw it to the first one. So they will, they will say two numbers. So for example, they say 63, 21. So the, on that one, they would throw it to five because it is the first digit minus the last digit is where they're throwing that's it. That's a bit complicated. It is. It's a lot of mental math to do very quickly. Right. For forwards. But yeah, that's, that's what they had to do. And like, what I noticed was that Cardinal would call it and then just lob it in straight away. Like he's not, he's not, he's not giving us. I mean, there was chance. Time to think to... about this at all. But then again, it doesn't fucking matter, does it? Derek. They're just all men who have to slap the ball back in the way of the halfback. Derek, during your time as a proud second row, which you're absolutely tall enough to play in that position, did you ever have to do any like long division to work out a lineup call? <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember. I, I don't think. Uh... I don't think we would have been able to do it. Um, the, uh, no one, the guys that were on my team, I don't think we would have been able to figure that one out. Uh, I do remember though, like when when I did start playing on that like mm. high school team, the first like lineup calls that we did try were literally the same thing. We just yell out a bunch of numbers and be like, "You're listening for the second number." And if you're just like, "Sure," well, we didn't even use the jumpers because we weren't that smart. We used like your jersey number, so we oh, were literally okay. just calling straight up calling out jersey numbers. <laughs> Event, after a couple of games, we changed it to like a code of some sort based on something ridiculous, but it, it didn't. Uh, I don't think it really mattered all that much at the end of the day. Either. <laughs> no, but, no. but I, I am familiar with the uh, using random numbers to make your lineup call. <laughs> so it's an excellent system that many teams yeah, it's, have followed. It's foolproof, especially when it's just 16 guys jumping at the ball. It's foolproof <laughs> play. Speaking of 16 guys jumping in. There's one ruck at the start of the second half that Ireland take the ball into contact and then all eight Canadian forwards just pile in over the top and win the ball back. At which point Grand Nisbet says that's simply good technique. Yes. At one point, at one point they basically do that and Grand Nisbet calls it genius. 
He says it's genius to just get eight fat lads to jump on a ball and see if they can win it. It's great. It's so it good to watch. Yeah. It is genius. Like, it's working. That's what we're yeah, going with true. it. I wonder if you, I just want to see someone try that nowadays. Just pile all it because you would win the ball back if you pile all eight <laughs> forwards over a single run. Like, it, it, I guess in a sense, it is genius to just get these big lads and the bear from the revenant to all jump on a rock and try it, try and win the ball. You know, if you've literally got Deadpool in your pack, then you probably stand a decent chance of winning the thing. Just sending Colossus over the ball. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it leads to them getting the ball back shortly after this. Mark Wire off a scrum. I mean, Garfries throws an unprecedented pass and Mark Wire hits a hell of a line. It's brilliant absolutely splits the Irish team open. At this point, the score is 19-16 to Canada. Yes. And he goes straight... No, sorry, it's 13-16 to um, 12... What is it? It's 12-16. I think Canada are just ahead, aren't they? You know, it's, it's, it's a tight it's game. It's yeah. Wyatt absolutely splits them open and yeah. then shows that he can pass almost as well as Gareth Rees and throw... <laughs> Tries to throw the wide ball to Tom Woods on the wing, but yeah. it does not make it. No, it's a really poor pass, which is a shame because it's backing up a great line. And again, it's, it's one of those where it's just like, oh, right. So you could have just done that the whole time <laughs> yeah. and broken the line. And like you can do that again if you want, Mark. You, you know, nothing stopping you doing that again. Is it um, Ireland just so lulled into a false sense of security by the fact they've kicked literally everything? Yeah, that's, <laughs> well, that's what, that's what you do, right? You kick everything to make the defense relax. And then hmm. at the end of the game, now all the holes are open up because they're already turning around to go get the ball back. Like mentally Canada scores immediately so after this anyway. It's not so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Woods kind of hacks it along, gets into the 22, Ireland put it out, the line out occurs. As you say, then out of nowhere... I, I want to say I want to I want to I wish there'd be some sort of Irish infringement Ireland done something wrong in the lead up to this so I could say it was a cardinal sin by Ireland to mm. let this try be scored but they don't so it's a mock cardinal try instead of a cardinal <laughs> sin and it's a shame for everyone yeah yeah the reference my head went to is I'm a big fan of the band The National and they have a song mm. called Cardinal Song which I like to imagine is about Mark Cardinal the former hooker for the Canadian rugby team it is it is uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. stadium actually played it when he scored too yes yeah, yeah i don't know yeah. if you heard it but yeah it yeah bad. i think they did we even though it's like in fact they're probably born just about <laughs> by the time uh, this game happened uh but yeah they did play it canonically mm. um and i enjoyed their complete tribute album to this canadian pack the song course, for every member of the team. Of course, um, it's uh, Jamie Heaslip and uh, Jamie Heaslip's their manager, of course. Oh, um, as we discussed previously on this yes. podcast, that the, they had a Jamie Heaslip and Sean O'Brien doing backing vocals on one of the songs, which is incredible <laughs> because that's two thirds of the Irish back row from 2011. Yes. So they were just lacking a Stephen Ferris playing drums or something. But, it's a real, real shame. Yeah. Um, I think they should, much as they did the music for the recent Cyrano de Bergerac musical and then the, the movie based on the play. Yes. Uh, they should do a musical based on uh, Mark Cardinal's life. Yeah. And this try is the only interesting point. Was, <laughs> no, he's probably had a lovely life, you know? Uh, his Wikipedia. <laughs> oh my God, I just heard what you were mentioned. about to say. What? <laughs> were you about to say that Mark Cardinal's only good thing in his life was scoring this try? No. 
I'm sure he had a lovely time. Look, he played for Canada in the 95 and 99 World Cups as well. You yeah. know, he and he probably career. played like six different sports for them. Yeah. Look, I don't, I think he's, I think he's a wonderful guy. Mark E. Cardinal, uh, not to be confused with Mark E. Smith, uh, <laughs> or Marcus Smith. Both yeah. of them, basically the same person. Well, anyone else um, Look, I'm just going to, going to move along. Um, yes. So wise. when it's, after Canada score, that makes it 1916. Gareth Reece misses for the first time in the match, unless we count all of the drop goals he doesn't get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in which case he misses for the 50th time in the match. Then Ireland, shortly afterwards, get a penalty about 40-odd metres out, and we watch a lot of goal-kicking in this World Cup and in the 2011 World Cup. And there's a lot of people trying kicks and missing from a long way out. And so when Michael Keenan puts the ball down to take a shot, I was not expecting good things. And yet... He steps up, nails it. It's suddenly 19 all with 10 minutes to go. What a tight contest. Yeah. This is going to finish so tight. It's such a good game. Like, this could go either way. You have to tell me what happens. So, like I said, I turned it off. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Gareth Rees kicks the ball 18,000 times, and all of them go through the posts. And yeah, Canada win by 18,000 times free. <laughs> Wow, that's that's fantastic. So Reese, obviously, man of the match, um, yeah. all eighteen thousand of his points, and <laughs> eighteen thousand times three, whatever that is. You said he made eighteen thousand drop calls, yeah. right? So yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, I can't do the math. I was in the <laughs> no. track, so I'm not trying to do eighteen thousand times three. But yeah, no, that's great. I can't believe Ireland lost that badly, though. That's shocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's out of I nowhere, mean, really. there's a part of me that's tempted to just not say anything else about the game and that is just in our cinematic universe that is it in our cinematic universe colossus is played by ed first yeah and canada won this game by whatever eighteen thousand times three plus 19 is yeah it's a still a world record to this day (laughs) to this day yeah Look, Ireland did score a few tries, but not enough to, you know, get anywhere near Gareth Reese's drop goals. Yeah, no, I think they probably ended around like 46 points or something. I can see them <laughs> yeah. a couple. Ballpark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Canada, Canada left. They're having beers on the sideline before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spraying the apple trees. Yeah. The old joke about... Tony Ward still somehow didn't get a try, though, during that time. <laughs> and it's unfortunate, but... The old joke about the rest of the team goes to the pub at halftime, one player remaining, then getting sent off for 10 minutes to go and conceding three points. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. that old joke, the old joke. It's, it's that, you know, Ireland score a couple of tries. Not very interesting. Um, <laughs> despite despite the fact that we said earlier, the narrative of like, oh yeah, this thing about the last 10 minutes of the game and oh, it's got to try. I, my general assessment is the last 10 minutes just don't matter. <laughs> no. <laughs> And it's like, oh I agree. yeah, I agree. It doesn't. Uh... <laughs> there was a little bit of me in that last ten minutes when I would just start cutting, like especially the last try. I kind of just went like, oh, well done. Okay, <laughs> we get it. Fine, let's move on. Because by the time, so they look in this parallel universe where Ireland win this game, which didn't happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's very quickly. So cross and scores another try, which is again kind of bullshit. There's one slight slip up by Canada. Yeah. Um, then there's a drive over try from the scrum, which you know, who cares? Tony Ward comes to life out of nowhere and suddenly yeah, kicks comes world class. Like, yeah, out of nowhere, a drop ten goal, minutes having been sticks the ball in their half. Like, yeah, yeah in they, this parallel universe, of course. As you said, yeah. they drop a goal off a scrum, 
10 metres out when they're already two tries up. I think he's taking the piss out of Gareth Rees. It kind of felt a bit like that, didn't it? <laughs> like the teachers left the classroom again. Yeah. So they throw the rolled up ball of paper back at them. And then Ringland scores a try that I have written down twice either side of this, the words stupid try. <laughs> That's a good assessment, yeah. <laughs> it is a stupid try. Canada take a, a line out quickly from their own try line. They start on play it wide. Ireland intercept it, then do a bunch of stupid passes until it ends up in Ringland's hands and someone should tackle him, but no one does. And Earl goes absolutely mad talking about him as being the best winger he's ever seen. Because <laughs> he stepped the bear from the Revenant. Yep. Then there's one more try on the final whistle. And I, all I've written in my notes is uh, 15 try. Ridiculous. Hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that, that just makes sense. I, I just wrote for that why are kind of the shit now. <laughs> Comes completely out of nowhere. We have a whole podcast dedicated to that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, what what is the full time score? What have we decided is the full time score? Uh, So, hold on. Let's do uh, eighteen thousand. Where's my phone? Eighteen thousand times three, which is fifty four thousand and nineteen to forty (laughs) six. Tough loss. Tough loss. Yeah, it's it's a hammering, you know. Unlucky Island is probably what we what we ought to say. Yeah, I mean, really record margin. Um, Mark yeah. Wyatt's. I don't know how his his record for kicking points was. He somehow broke a record there by only well, kicking uh, eight. Obviously, his thirteen tries in the last ten minutes helped <laughs> elevate him to number one on the top athletes from Victoria list as well. Nelly Furtado is going to write a song about Mark, him. Mark as Cardinals, the too, by the way. Yeah, Mark Cardinal, the best moment of his life. Um, <laughs> and that brings us, yeah, they blow the whistle after Ireland score their consolation try for Hugo yeah. McNeil, uh, which is a really nice try, but I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> Paul Collins does some very good work on it, who is the number seven. And Canada finish, very brave, brave heroes with a <laughs> 54,019 to 46 win. Uh, so should we do man of the match and dick of the day let's let's um, do you want to start we, on man of the match start on yeah man of the match so i mean gareth Reese is the obvious standout i think both sure. teams i mentioned pat palmer i think has a very good game as well yes but i think i kind of want to give a joint man of the match but i'm gonna tilt it a bit because i one. think so much of this game is decided or a lot of it is if not decided then certainly a large part of his you know, a large contributing factor is Roe Henderson and Hans de Goody, the two second rows being so dominant at line out time. And also they kind of just smack everything in front of them very hard. And I'm a big fan of that. Fair um, I think Hans de Goody has the obvious, obvious captaincy angle, uh, which is cool. And I'm sure he gave a very rousing team talk that only motivate them for 30 minutes and if he could have given a 10% hey, more motivating we're gonna we're gonna spray all of these apple trees 15,000 of them and then we're gonna score twice that on drop goals uh so i think for his effort from escaping the apple tree yard and also he makes a break down the short side as well which kind of swings it a bit i think my man of the match is Roe henderson love that derek 
you know, if, if you're going to say Rohinson, I'm obviously going to, I'm going to go with Gareth Reese for mm. the, the massive 18,000 times three points in the last 10 minutes. And as well as every, every single insane drop goal attempt from everywhere on the pitch going full Kobe Bryant in this game. It's delightful. <laughs> I think I think that makes sense. I think that um, shout out to um, Michael Kiernan, who was very you know was valiant in defeat. Typically, I think though, with a record margin of victory, I can't really give it to a player from the losing team. Um, so my man of the match just to be different because it was a great team effort by Canada. Mm. I'm going to give it to Mark Wyatt. I think that Gareth Reese was the best player on the pitch, and I said this in the last Canada game, but I'm still not giving him man of the match. I'm going to give it to Mark Wyatt instead because he hit that line nicely and he kicked it a lot better than I expected him to. So I'm going to give him a very patronising man of the match award. Fair enough. I hugely, hugely respect that. Yeah. Um, should we go with Phil Soldier and do Dick of the Day? Sure, sure. I also can't believe that we've um, that two out of three of us have just ignored thirty thousand points that uh, <laughs> Gareth Reese scored in this game. But but yeah. So Dick of the Day. I mean, one of them has to be Michael Bradley for generally yes. not playing very well. There was a point where he was just messing around in his own try line, and he basically surrendered the ball to a Canadian player. I think Tony Ward for a variety of different yeah. moments during the game where he was quite dick of the day-ish. But I've got to say, the, the dick of the day moment is whichever director cut out Hans de Goody's um, <laughs> halftime speech. So this was uploaded onto YouTube by Juan Rugby, and I imagine it wasn't his fault. But mm. whoever cut this together, let's, let's make him a name. Andrew, who cut this Me? together. Me? Yes, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, the director, is my the director. Day. Andrew yeah. Dominique, Andrew. Uh, the director of the assassination of Jesse James by the Cow Dropper. Yeah, Force. that's it. He's that's my him. dick of the day. He's yeah. my dick of the day. I can't yeah. believe you do this. <laughs> also, the dick of the day for making that obnoxiously long movie title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, you shouldn't need to pause halfway for a movie title to remember it. No, 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 exactly. It's, it's, I'm impressed you did remember it, actually. Yeah, took it took a level of effort. Also, it uh, kind of gives away the whole movie. In the, yeah. I don't like, and also, like, like, the characterization by the coward Robert Ford. Like, we know what he's I, like as well. There isn't even character yeah. development. You you don't even need to watch the movie at this point. It's <laughs> it's there. It's We know what happens. We know what you're going to feel about the characters at the end of it. It's just, uh, it's done. Yeah, it's pointless, <laughs> pointless. What are you doing? What are you doing, Andrew Dominique? Other than trying dick. to get your needlessly... I don't know if I've even heard about his Marilyn Monroe biopic. No? But he was hired by Netflix to make a Marilyn Monroe biopic, right? And he handed it in, and he had it like written into his contract with Netflix that uh, he got Final Cut, and whatever he did as like his final version was the version that went out on Netflix. And okay. it's due to come out in like November, December, and it still isn't out. Because the version he put out was incredibly, incredibly graphic, and included like several really graphic sex scenes, including one whilst Marilyn Monroe was on a period. Uh, this is only incredibly like bloody and gory. And he has just like absolutely refused to back down on this and is absolutely just adamant that Netflix put out the version he made because they left that in his contract that he got what they want, what he wanted. So Netflix now just aren't putting the film out because if they put it out, it has to be his version. Jesus Christ. 
I'm sure there's more as well. I'm sure there's loads more details. Uh, and he keeps doing interviews just saying like, yeah, I don't care. You know, so rock and roll. I just did whatever I wanted with this Marilyn Monroe biopic because I was getting paid a bunch of money to just make up some bullshit about it. I wild. <laughs> yep. Oh, what a wow. It's uh, we're both lost for words. That'll, that'll yeah, I, on, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. Uh, yeah. That'll uh, that'll appear on Netflix one day. Yeah. So this yep. dick of the day selection is <laughs> yeah. super easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's that guy. Yeah, it's very clear. Uh, who is your dick of the day then, Derek? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back you and go go with the director for cutting off the last ten minutes of the game where Candace scored fifty four thousand points. So it's clear it's not only cut out Hans the Goody's speech, but like mm. also the fifty four thousand points that Gareth Reese scored in the last ten minutes because my my oh. my video just went black at the uh, sixty fifth minute. So <laughs> it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. Yeah. Uh, I'm following along not dissimilar lines and giving it to the stadium announcer who after. Uh, Michael Keenan, Michael Keenan, the Irish centre, kicks a goal. He announces it as being a penalty for the island for Ireland's Nigel Kinnaman. <laughs> <laughs> Who I've Googled Nigel Kinnaman. There doesn't seem to be a man called Nigel Kinnaman out there. Like, in the world? One. I can't find any man called Nigel Kinnaman. Please, if you're listening and you know someone called Nigel Kinnaman, let me know. But, we'll get him on the podcast. I yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't find one. There doesn't yeah. seem to be any. You get results for Joel Kinnahan, and apparently, when he's worked with people with Nigel, I'm not finding any, any so like, Nigel Kinnamans out there. Nigel could have been the man of the match if he existed. Yeah, but no, he just straight up doesn't. Maybe he was cut out by the TV director as well. Maybe yeah. so. Maybe so. If, man, if Ireland had him, they wouldn't have given up fifty four thousand points in the last ten minutes of the game. <laughs> Oh, if only. What a loss Nigel Kinnaman was. Moments on for Nigel Kinnaman. And Derek, thank you for coming. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, thanks thanks for having me on. It was, a, it was a good time. Yeah. Where can people find you? Where can people find your stuff? Where can people find the podcast? Please tell us everything. Plug away. Yeah, yeah. So uh, podcast, uh, it's, it's called La Rouge Rugby Podcast. We basically cover everything that is canadian rugby um obviously including the toronto arrows and major league rugby as well and all the canadian players that are in major league rugby um which speaking of which i think i said james o'neill played for ubc earlier in the podcast and it's really been bugging me because he played for uvic (laughs) um so i think i I slipped on that one so i know before people start like yelling at me for saying he played for the wrong school but good save yeah exactly i'm attempting that so yeah lurus rugby you can find it on like spotify apple podcasts any podcast platform you can follow it all social media is just at larue's rugby on um, every platform that you can think of for just myself personally i'm at brissette the jet on um, all social media as well so brissette b-r-e-s-s-e-t-t-e and then the jet is spelt how you think the jet would be spelt <laughs> at the end of that and yeah just uh you know follow along listen to the podcast let us know what you guys think we're always open to suggestions and some criticism and stuff so it's a it's a lot of fun so you know arrows are right in a two-game winning streak right now too mm-hmm. so it's a we're, we're doing happy podcasts at the moment it's not all <laughs> not all 20 not all 2021 uh episodes there as we said before we you know before we started recording like i you know i've listened to the podcast i've follow a lot of your stuff on social media for both the podcasting yourself and in terms of just broadening your horizons to you know what's going on in the, war, um, the arrows and you know the kind of 
wider Canadian rugby. It's a really good source and really like infuse. I think the kind of enthusiasm really shines through as well. There's a real like joy in it, even though, as you say, yeah, you had I'll second that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks guys. I uh, appreciate you guys giving it a listen. Uh, we, uh, you know, we enjoy, enjoy your podcast and all the videos and stuff that you make too, especially the Canadian ones. Uh, those attack <laughs> breakdowns are always interesting, but uh, it's, uh, you know, always a good time listening to you guys. Uh, yeah. Get, you get this, this uh, retrospective thing gets me through some, uh, some long days of work too. So. Oh, that's, that's, oh. that's lovely. To hear. Well, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for coming on. And you've, you've been a very, you know, as we expected from having heard you stuff before, a, a very positive voice to bring to Canadian rugby, uh, which is yeah, so, something that's hard to find sometimes. So yeah, it's, it's a lot easier when you're winning by 54,000 points. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Uh, but yeah, no, thanks again for coming on, man. Really, really appreciated. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for Derek for joining us. Thank you, William, as ever. And thank you for listening. Please join us next week when the game will be Scotland 60, Zimbabwe 21. Yes. And uh, we have a special guest joining us for yes. that. This is a game when we were looking through all the matches in this World Cup that stood out immediately. And I think we knew instantly which guests from our kind of shortlist to pair with it. So please join us then for that next week. We'll see you then. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.